we're back. All right, so didn't leave, etc. You just wanted to break it so that you would have to download a separate file. Yes. So usually when I look at the the deck list, it's just like here are the deck lists. Now I have to like make an interesting story out of the deck lists, or as close as I can come to an interesting story. And sometimes the deck lists are very conducive to having a great story. Like that article I wrote when Brad Nelson won the Grand Prix over the summer, I was really proud of that one. For like just a, a straight top decks article, which is like, here's a bunch of deck lists, bleh, narrative. I think that's one of the best ones I ever did. But sometimes, like especially like 85% through a PTQ season, and it's the same decks again, Sure. and you're like, Wow. I, I it's just how many different ways can you say that Thopter Foundry Dark Depths is way better than White Weenie or whatever people could be playing. Right, and the, and the, it was so interesting, right? Because like it was almost like there was like this molten core to the deck that never moved. Yeah. And there'd be all these like kind of like plates that would sort of shift yeah, around it. Or like Worldway comes out and they like add a Jace. And they're yeah, like yeah, exactly. Oh, and his defining feature was a Jace. Like you mean does that really change the strategy? I mean I guess it kinda did. That's how no, it was it, right. it just it's just it's just like uh, I don't know, it's just like accessories, right? You were just accessorizing the same core, like this is how I'm gonna win. Yeah. It's like almost like the opposite of a ZV deck. Right? Where ZV's like, okay, I'm gonna start with the mana. And then I'm gonna, you love that one now. That's right? a, that's your go-to sentence. But it, but it is right. Like no, it's, 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 it's it. an interest. It's interesting to look at two different ways to approach a format, right? So he's saying like, oh, I'm gonna approach it. I'm gonna have all my mana, and then I'll just figure out what I'll do in this shell. Well, he, he defines the potential of what mana. you can do in the format right. by the resources. Right. These are the colors I can get. These are the turns that I can be at five mana and four mana and six mana, and etc. Cetera, et cetera. What's the dumbest thing I can do right. given given that right. set of parameters? So, but but the, the in extended right like for I mean when you had the dark depths combo right it was just almost like okay here's this nugget of a deck and here's this other second nugget of the deck that's sitting next to it right. and neither of those things ever right. changed. and they're sort of joined by this muddle the mixture yeah. <laughs> like what can I do from here right and, and there's then, so little variation that's exactly I think that's what you're getting at yeah um, and I think like what somebody added a compulsive research that's sure. like Some, it was just not. Anyway, Some people played green for Into the North. That was way before. No, people did it later, too. But anyway, if you ever want to... Rather than how to think about magic, how to write a magic article, like writing a column that that especially covers a PTQ season, which where the deck lists are very static, it's that's not easy. I, I think, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's sure. mentally so challenging. Well, I mean, also, you have to really... You really have to drill down deep into what makes... Distinguishes the decks. Yeah, I mean... The, the other the thing that I really like is then oftentimes the way they release sets now, which is different than they've been doing years ago, is that we get like fresh cards in the middle of a PTQ season somehow, and I'm like, thank God, like you know, like three weeks from now when I come back to this, right. it'll be a completely different experience. Right. And also now and now when they release a blo- a base set, the base set actually just like has primeval titan huge impact. Oh my god, it's level three Judge Eric Smith. Are you kidding me? What the heck are you guys doing here? We're podcasting, We're podcasting. obviously. <laughs> in the middle of Grand Central. Not in the middle. We're right by an exit, actually. The middle would be like over there where The middle would be way too noisy. Don't be silly. <laughs> you haven't considered jumping the fence and going over under the corner? We've considered We've it, considered but we're, it, but we're scared. <laughs> okay. We're, we're not brave. Are you coming home from work? I'm coming home from work. Okay. So. And I saw them setting this little glowy thing up yesterday. And we considered what, what it was. Inside there, but there's like so. a guard. 
Yeah, I don't even know really what it is. Th- did you listen to the podcast that we did here last week? Yeah. No. So I listened to it, and then like the beginning of the third podcast, when we're like oogling that girl who walks by, is like the most hilarious bit. Oh, do you remember? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how she looks from the front. And you're like, I think it's mostly the boots. I'm like, she's kind of muscular. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's hella hilarious. So where she was sitting last week, now there's a gigantic white and orange glowing thing. It's been as big. It's like bigger than probably most New York apartments. This is fair. Yeah. <laughs> so level three, Judge Eric Smith, are you going to Toronto this weekend? I am not. I am no, not going to Toronto. Speaking of going so. to Toronto this weekend, I have something for you. Oh, okay. Ah, What's okay. your next event? Um, next event actually might be something I'm playing in. I'm considering going down and playing in one of the New Jersey uh, PTQs. Oh, sick! So, um, which is uh, at the end of uh, end of November here. So we've got a little bit of a while. So I'm I'm out of town this coming weekend, which is why I'm not going to Toronto. And then uh, next weekend, instead of going to the Philly PTQ, I think I'm actually go down to DC and see what this whole uh, <laughs> John Stewart oh, Stephen Colbert thing well, is. My wife be and about. I considered doing that, but then like, so, we decided also. It was pretty exciting. Yeah. I don't know. I think it could be fun. No, I'm uh, sure it would be great. I'm, I'm, like, I'm planning on recording it on TV just so I can see what it was that because I, I figure I'll be behind like 200,000 people. Well, we're or whatever thinking about it is, like the logistics. Know? Like, should we rent a car? Put our, put our brats in it. I mean, that's yeah. a long drive. It's a fairly long drive. Yeah. And then like, what's our payoff? Because now we're going to be in a gigantic crowd of. I guess. I think your payoff is frantically looking for a place for one of your kids to be. Yeah, so <laughs> That's we were, the payoff. Thinking about this, Fair enough. I think Kevin was like, how much is it going to cost? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we can, like, I just, like, get Schuler to let us room over at his house. He actually loves The Daily Show. It's like the only TV show that he watches. So, like, maybe we can swing that and be like, eh. And then just like, or we could not do that and, like, spend... I'm like so strapped for sleep and time and everything as it is. I could catch up on floors rewards. <laughs> it's really the, the main thing. That... So, what do you guys think about the new pack order? I was just about to ask Mike that. Does this have to do with drafting? Yeah. Yeah. I know you're the construction so, so can guy, you, but you, yeah. You, can you summarize what the change is? Uh, basically, the change is going forward with Mirrodin Besieged, um, you are going to draft the most recent pack first. Uh, and then go back to whatever previous packs uh, are available for the block. Um, so uh, it only applies to these sets going forward. From what I understand, Magic Online and older sets will still be drafted in the traditional so order. Yeah, mine. Who knows? Yeah, it's kinda, it changes. It, it, it has, certainly changes it really implications, changes. Can right? Can you imagine drafting? Um, what was the Torment Judgment? Odyssey Torment Judgment? Yeah, the, the green-white, oh, the unbalanced color sets, right? Yeah, the unbalanced color sets. Can you imagine going so. green-white, then black pack, and then base set? I personally think that there's no difference, and I think that, that, that people... Huge difference. No, I think there's no difference. I think that people, like, looking at this from that perspective are just... I guess you're still complete. trying to force black from the second pack. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, Potentially, like, yeah. There's like so good, There's right? a couple of different strategies. One of them is, even before the third set, Zvi was like, I'm going to force underdrafted white from the second pack, right? Like, I think that it's just you're going to have whatever strategy you want. Like, I think back then, what did I like? Green for Wild Mongrel and Blue? I mostly liked Blue, which was not emphasized in any of the three packs, but was actually just the best because it was Blue in all three packs. So it would not change the fact that I wanted to get... Uh, I don't remember what the... Uh, the third set had what that was awesome in Blue? Like four four flyers or three four yeah, flyers? Something like that. Sure. And then, like, the second yeah. set had, like... I don't know, something, compulsion, whatever it was. 
all kinds of things yeah, that I don't remember what the hell they were. Like you discard a card, draw a card. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that I always tried to force blue in that format, and usually tried to pair it with green if I could get wild mongrels. I think that my strategy would change not at all based on the pack order, and that's the most slanted of any possible. Uh, I mean, I, I think. And so, so, and it will still be, for example, when Mirrodin mm-hmm. Besieged comes out, yeah. it'll go Mirrodin Besieged, Scars of Mirrodin, Scars of Mirrodin. It'll yes. still be two base packs. Two, two base packs, one of the new set. Or, and think about a yeah. set like uh, uh, Urza Saga. I mean, like, would it change the fact that I would try to force white 100% of the time? Like, the, the cards don't but you change. Can, no, I mean, it does change because... It, you can drive people. Black is not as amazing in the last two it's packs. It's bad in the last pack. Right. So but you the can rares actually, of black are very but strong. But you can actually force black. You're, you're more able to signal people out of black for pack three. I, in I don't think so. Of course you are. Like, there's so many comp- compelling reasons. People open up that first pack of Urza Saga and they see a Pestilence or they see any of a number of big removal yeah, the fact spells. That there's like or, the, the top five commons are all in black doesn't change. Sure, it does. It does. Because people, people don't, most people who draft don't think that far ahead. They react to their opening pack. They look at their opening pack and they're like, you, you I take that, a green card. They draft to that strategy? Even no, if, they, they, even they the build point, a strategy around even, the cards they open. Even yeah, in yeah the I think it's also going to be... I don't have a strong experience in. I always know what color I want to be before I sit down at the table. But a lot of people would tell you that that's wrong. They're wrong. I mean, I think set sizes are going to be different. I think it's also going to be fairly interesting to see what happens with... Uh, with mirrored with this this current block, just because of sort of the the archetype strategies versus, um, say, with infect versus metalcraft, right? And you know, with mirrored and besieged being infect being a lower percentage of the cards, presumably, or sorry, with with scars of mirrored and being infect being a lower percentage, then probably it's going to be in mirrored and besieged. You know, you're sort of why, a why little. Do you think that? Well, I think that, like for example, now. Would, say, for example, it was in the old order. You sort of would know how many of those sorts of infect cards you're going to get with the lower density set. You can anticipate picking up more no, in the no, no, third, the, right? What I'm coming from is that we don't know what the constitution of the new set is. Well, yeah. And my assumption is infect is so not 100% ready for prime time and constructed. Even if you could make a semi effective infect deck at present, it's well, not, not talking about it's, No, no, it's not good yeah. enough yet that my assumption is there's mm-hmm. strong effect in the subsequent pack. Oh, I'm sure that there will be. Like, then I'm confused. Well, my, 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 what I'm saying is that if, say, for example, Mirrodin Besiege is very strong in fact, 90% of the cards have infect. Okay. You start off with your infect deck and you're, you're, you're chugging along and you're picking up, but other people are too because yep. it's so strong. Right? Then you go into the next set and now because you open up a pack of Scars of Mirrodin that has an infect card in it. Yep. And that's it. The rest of the pack doesn't. You, you, and you're just like, you slam instead of the, the 20%, card. you slam the effect card and you never see another one. Right? And then the same folks, because they're underrepresented just due to vagaries of chance in the draft. But isn't that true regardless of what the pack order is? Like, half the time, like, well, you know, like, you talk to people who don't do well at the pros are all the time, they're like, well, my strategy was to draft all the. They say blah, like you know, there was one squadron hawk in my draft. Like, that's the guy who well, the first Well, I think, they'll, I think they'll be. It, it might be a, I mean, this is. I'm not. By any stretch of the imagination, a pro-level drafter or anything like that, and I may just watch over things you, as a judge. You know, you know you draft. Yeah, my gut feeling tells me that there might be the case that because the draft formats nowadays seem to be focusing more on trying to draft archetypes rather than just drafting colors, 
Um, so before, when you're talking about, you know, you try to force black or you try to force blue, now people are more interested in maybe forcing particular archetypes. Right, more like going... pursuing linears as opposed to colors. Uh, it's interesting yeah. you said because I, I guess even when I say that I force blue or force black, I would always just be actually forcing an archetype. Because, like, you're, the cards that you take in black and black-white are different versus, versus black-blue and blue-white versus white-black, which are the um, colors I liked in... It might in be a more modern versus... sensibility. Certainly, I mean, I've been drafting for a ridiculously long time, just not necessarily well. But, you know, certainly back in, quote, the day, unquote, I, I at least didn't think, and it certainly didn't seem just from reading the covers that people were thinking as much about architects. There's always this idea floating around that you try to get synergies and things like that, but it's only been sort of more recently in my I mean, opinion like that people have started to take this and it's sort of out there as, you know, you're trying to draft certain specific strategies. You might take a less powerful card because of because, synergy. Well, it, yeah. It, I, I would actually challenge that kind of, but like, I just, let's just talk about M11, which is a draft format that I, I know quite well. This is like, if, we, if, I'm, if I'm drafting green-blue, I, I take almost no blue creatures that aren't Aether Adept, because the green creatures are so robust, but the blue support cards, then I take them much more aggressively. But if I'm drafting um, blue-white, I draft a much higher percentage of blue creatures, even though, regardless, blue is always the best. But I'll emphasize a blue creature versus something in my other color. Versus blue-red, I actually actively take the blue creatures, because the red creatures stink so bad. Like, it's, <laughs> um, is there any other color combination that you could have with blue? Blue-black. Blue black. No. <laughs> no, no, blue-black's a very different deck. Every time I drafted blue-black and won a draft, I had like three total black cards in my deck. Really? I, yeah. I mean... The black cards are terrible. Doomblade is the biggest... You can tell Doomblade guy this. <laughs> Taking a first pick Doomblade is just... It's disaster. <laughs> like, yeah. You know why? Because you're like, you've just defined... You're like, ooh, a removal card. That's like the moron who takes a lightning bolt over an Azure Drake. Do you know anyone who does that? No, I like a lightning bolt. Oh my! Well, this was like this was our like roundtable joke, like all at Nationals weekend. Everyone's like, "Did you see that guy take the lightning bolt over the Azure Drake?" And he's like, "Get five lightning bolts, nice oh three five lightning bolt guy." And the Azure Drake guy's like, "Ooh, I got a second pick Azure Drake three oh." Went right uh, into my blue white deck. But I mean, I think that this maybe just described maybe now, but I certainly maybe the top drafters have known this all along, right? But certainly, I think what you're talking about, certainly I never remember from 10 years ago doing drafts, people talking about these sorts of ideas, which now you're, you're, you're sort of putting it forward as, of course, everybody knows this, right? Oh. Of course, you're drafting different cards for different decks. You know, a lot of times people just, you know, I'm just drafting blue and white cards. I just well, take the, the best blue and white card that comes along, the, well, the right? Thing is, the thing is, though, if you go back 10 years, set design was such it's, that was different. you had yeah. a lot more filler. I mean, if you, you had a lot more, you had a lot more. If you do, a, you do an older set draft now, and you get about five picks into which, a pack, which, which, and you're like... Which, Holy crap! There's there's so much I mean, I think Urza's was very robust. Sure, but I think everything forward from Urza's was pretty robust. But the one that wasn't good was I, I never well, liked masks. To some extent, there's more filler because there are a lot more cards previously to the last a couple of years. Sure. Oh, and they reduced the set that. size. The, right. I mean, think about how you would evaluate a card like Curfew and Urza's relative to if you were black or I if love you curfew. or if you weren't black. Like that, Curfew is a really, really interesting card, right? Like, um, you know, other. And I think it mattered a lot what colors you were in, how you would prioritize. Or like a card like uh, Hermetic Crab, uh, a Hermetic Study. That's a Hermetic Crab is not one card. <laughs> like Hermetic Study, always good. Horseshoe Crab, eh. Hermetic yeah. <laughs> and Crab, ooh. You know, like I think that that was pretty arch archetype driven. Like the yeah, Hermetic Crab. Yeah, I was a combo archetype. German, yeah. You had one, you looked like, for the other, which runes, which runes did you, would you main deck? Runes? Which runes? Green. 
You you would main deck green? Really? Rune of Protection green? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would main deck black, they were so maybe big. red. The things were so huge. Yeah, but the blue cards were just crap on the green cards back then. I don't know. I was like, it was really They're nice. Like, to, it was really nice to be able to just pay one mana and ignore some like ridiculous. You know, somebody, I mean, like, yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah some I think problem. about it the same way. They pay ten mana for their worm with echo, and I cast a curfew. I paid one mana. <laughs> They're gonna pay twenty I played, mana. I played curfew and extend and construct. You guys are gonna pay twenty mana. Nice deck. Yeah, Don't the, play green. And the thing like, every signal is there. It's just like, hey, guess what? Guess what? Green so not blue. It's so not blue is what it is. Like, I would like to play this four four for three mana. And I'd like to pay for it over the next two turns. <laughs> At least. Seriously. Please don't exhaust your when you, when you could make some... Well, oh, my God. <laughs> or like, oh, God. What if you rescinded their land? Oh, yeah. yeah. Woo! That was a... Or, uh, seriously, some idiot's paying 10 mana for a worm, and you've got a curfew, or like an expunge. Like this, like, oh yeah, green. Let's take the green commons. Of course, that same card costs like two today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like two with blue. Green and one, it draws you a card. Like, blue bounce spells have gotten, gotten more expensive. Yeah. Green creatures have gotten <laughs> cheaper. And the blue bounce spells are still unreal good. Into the royal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite one. Yeah, I, I, I've been putting more and more of them into the deck. Who was the first person to into the royal, like aggressively play a lot into the royal? Was it Grixis Burn? No one gamed with it before then. I don't remember. I'm not sure. I think it was Grixis Burn. I'm willing to be wrong. I think it was Grixis Burn. Okay. It was all the cantrips in that deck. Remember, every card drew card. I mean, people just played it, right? Like. Nah, but not it. People, you can say that about stuff, but people played it. Then, like, yeah, they yeah. played it in decks nobody ever saw. Sure. Like they played it in like the casual room. That's where I play. That's how you get the win percentages that I can that I can get in the casual room. So was there a topic to this before I wandered by? And I don't remember. I was actually going to ask him about the draft. Oh, about the draft orders? Yeah, yeah draft I think orders. it matters personally. Yeah, I think it shakes it up. It makes it an interesting. I I, I would topic. really like to go back and try some older draft formats backwards. and see how they backwards. go backwards. Oh, boy, you're going to be so logy. Like the thing is, like imagine drafting Ravnica. Mirage Vision's Weatherlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's first pack. Yeah, I mean the first pack there. Weather lasers, that's where all the busted white cards are, right? I mean, so like, you no, know right away if you're getting those imperial armors. Oh, right? that's, that's it. There. So there's heavy bullets and imperial, imperial armors, armors yeah. in the third one. Are falcons in that one too? Uh, yes, I think so. So, yeah. so what you guys are talking about are, is yet another set where we just want to be in blue, right? Because there's you know, like, you're worried about the heavy bullets and, you, want your mana and wars. Yeah. you just want the mana war, okay? Yeah. So, so tell you what, they're playing imperial armor knight, and I'm playing knight. Um, the mists and mana undo. War. undo. Yeah, great. I don't think it matters. Like, it doesn't change that I want to be blue. Like the pack, this pack order thing, it's irrelevant. Yeah. For Mirage versus Weatherlight. So I've also heard these rumors. I haven't. I guess I saw it on one of the one of the websites about this uh, the pre-release difference with the 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 faction. Oh, the, the changes the, to the WPN program. No, no, no. This is just well, the uh, tree, but tree's like the that. factions, the single faction packs of the pre-release. For not, isn't that for? Uh, like game day, I it might it be for game day. Game day is going to people are going to have a chance to choose a faction. Okay. I don't know what a faction is. I'll tell you later. Okay. People were trying to explain this to me at states, and I'm like, they're like, you see the watermark? I'm like, what's a yeah, watermark? You can either be, be Mirren or Firexen. You're yeah. Firexen. I am. Yeah, you're Firexen. How do you know? Like spreading seas and pyromancer's ascension and preordain are Phyrexian? I'm I mean, Phyrexian. You're like you're, you were building constructed decks with Icarats last week. 
He said that makes you Frenchian, yeah. Oh, he did make the final cut. <laughs> people have been sending me screenshots of like people disconnecting on them. And ever since I put that deck up, it's actually awesome. I got like several screenshots. They're like, yeah, I keep winning on like the fifth turn. They're like, nice fake deck. So I've been, yeah. I've been, I'll tell you about the deck in the next session. But yeah. I've been playing a deck online. This is, this is going to be Andre's world deck. I don't know if you should be spreading this one around like them legs. Really? I right. think it is. All right, then He's I won't asking talk. me all the time. All right, I won't stop. talk. I won't talk about the deck. But yeah. anyway, I'm playing the deck. This is a deck that if former world champ, reigning world champion is considering playing this yeah, year he's, at Worlds. He's, he's like, every day is like, updates, All right, I'll send updates. The, I, I sent you the most recent list. Yeah. But anyway, it's got some unusual card choices in it. And yeah, uh, when he first saw it, he was like, this is a fake deck. That was well, his it. reaction. So I'm playing in the tournament <laughs> practice room, and people are just like, so it's like turn three, yeah. I do something Which is pretty awesome. awesome and devastating to yeah. my opponent, and then they're like, nice fake they're like, deck. no, the guy's like, oh, I get it, a joke deck. Deep Disconnect. Deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can't ever lose if you get your cards. That's the thing. Right, it's insane. Right. Like, people are like, and then people are like, nice deck, kid. <laughs> nice deck, kid, is my, like, if I was starting a new magic blog, it would be called nice, nice deck, kid. The awesomest thing is, like, is, hashtag, by the way. The awesomest thing is that like, depending on the constitution of your opponent's deck, you don't even have to draw your combo cards to destroy them. Yeah. That's what's so cool. Like, yeah. like, sometimes they just play cards that make your deck look really good. And they're like, nice deck, kid. Nice deck. Oh, a joke deck. <laughs> oh, a joke deck at 6-0. <laughs> Yeah, often Magic Online sometimes the behavior of people there sometimes. often surprises me. Yeah, I'm being polite, but yeah. Oh, man, I, when I, sometimes when I'm playing in the tournament queues, they're just like, I hate you. I'm like, yeah. What? I hate you? That's like your opening salvo? You're like, I, I just can't help it. I hate you. I'm like, really? What did I ever do to you? You're like, I just, you just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, all right. That's you really don't want to lose to that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly has a high motivation. You know, like, you know I wasn't actually going to sideboard, but now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you actually. Oh man, will. you know how many people are going to tweet you like tomorrow and be like, "Come on, Brian." Or, I'm sorry, "Come on, at Topic Games, can you please tell us the what secret the deck?" deck? No, they have to watch you on Moto. Do you remember? Do you remember when Mike Long sent like his minion to play the traumatized deck against me, so that he could traumatize, like he could like traumatize me and write down my deck list? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was the best. You know, you know what this deck reminds me of? What? what? Pickles. Oh yeah. So, but for those of you who don't know, Brian invented pickles, and it was like the stone, and I gave it to Heezy. And then, like, he's like, oh, I don't know. And then Mori, Mori top baited with Pickles, right? Well, he was, like, playing Pickles. He just had, like, a discreet Pickles combo in his trunk. Yeah but, yeah, but people didn't realize how good Pickles was. Only Gavin Bear, he understood how good Pickles was. So then, like, a year later, I'm like, Heezy, you're so stupid. Why didn't you play Pickles? I was right. And then Mori almost won Worlds with it. And he's like, are you talking about Worlds? The blue-white deck that Mori played? And I'm like, yeah, obviously, you're so stupid, Heezy. And he's like, he's like, this is going to be real awkward for you, bro. Do you remember what deck we fielded? A different blue-white Tron deck. And I'm like, man, freaking Nassif. And I was just like, I DC'd on Heezy on that one. I'm like, I hate you. You just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> I was talking to to Patrick last night and he was like the, the longevity of Magic players is so different now he's like there are people who don't know who Mark Herberholtz is who are competitive Magic players and I, I was just like wow you know nobody like knows who? 
like these kids. Nice deck kid. That kid. Probably doesn't know who Mark Herbert is. And like, there's really DI people who don't know who Dave Price is. Sure. So but Dave, when you when you look at Dave, to be fair, there could be people who were not born when Dave Price was. So active. this is the yeah. thing that's really whack to me. Okay. I was talking to Frank Kusumoto last month. By the way, we have to send him a decade. I keep forgetting to tell oh, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have to send him a physical decade. He didn't know that it was a real book. He thought it was only an e-book. And he, why would you print something on paper? And he wrote this awesome thing for me that he was inspired by when he found out there was an ebook, and I keep forgetting to put it up. <laughs> it's like about like the history of magic, and like Brian Weissman wrote part of it, like all this, like, and I just for, keep forgetting. But anyway, so Kusumoto plays at his local store, and the kids don't know who he is. Number one, they don't know who wow. he is. Number two, they've never heard of the dojo. And number three, he plays with his alpha cards for the alpha imprints, and they think that he's playing a different game. Because they don't know what an alpha card looks like. Like, can you imagine, like, Frank Kusumoto still plays, like, FNM at his store or whatever, and the kids don't know who he is? I think he's, like, top three most important figures in the history of Magic, and I put him at number two. That's, uh... After Richard. Okay. I was, I was just making... Say, I was just checking to make sure you weren't Richard. doing yourself. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, have, I have Richard... I have Richard, him, Mark, Scaffin, fourth. That's, uh... That's my top four. Sure. Do you think that's a... You have Mark? I have, Mark's, I have Mark after Frank. Rosewater. Yeah. Had a scaff? Mark's the first coverage reporter, and his longevity is... He's the only person who's longer than so I am. So he's not the first coverage reporter. Who's the first coverage Shut up, you? No. Who? First coverage reporter is Jeff Probst, host of Survivor. Okay. Jeff Probst was an announcer or whatever. Mark was sitting there in 1994 writing things down that went into a magazine. 1993... Or 1994, Jeff Probst was announcing worlds. Okay, okay, announcing is different from being a coverage reporter. Shut up. And, yes, that's awesome. It's an awesome non sequitur. But, but Mark is... Just a guy who, who announces things for... Mark has hella been writing for 16... 1994? Writing professionally about magic for 16 years. Okay, like, I think that he, he gets the nod. Okay. And he's been, like, the head of design for how many of those years? And he was the... I just think of Scaff as more of a founding father I of the game. Scaff so I just give him... very awesome. He's not a founding father of the game, but he is the founding father of the Pro Tour. I mean... He's, he's right there the whole time. I mean, look, I, I think my, my perspective is different. Like, obviously, we have a radically different perspective. You innovated competitive tournament play. Okay, like, you're like a founding father of competitive tournament play, predating uh, the Pro Tour... Putting up money, attracting people to come to tournaments from far away to play for what did you put up? A thousand dollars mock sets. We did legend sets, mock uh, power nine sets. I think people probably don't know that about you. you rent out a rent out a. How we met Eric Smith. Yeah, a hotel hall. Yeah, that's how you met dead guys. All that stuff, right? Like yeah. back before there was these five Ks and everything. That's that was before gray matter. It was like what's it? Too many it kings. Called, it was called. It was called the. No more kings. No more kings. Company, yeah. So, um, which is weird. It's like the opposite of Alex Schwartzman's company. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, like, but I mean, if you, if you look at that and then you compare it to, who was I saying is super important? Mark Scaff. Scaff. Oh no. Uh, my perspective is <clears throat> like I went to the University of Pennsylvania, where where Richard actually designed the game. And the nerds in the math department who still hung around and, quote, played Magic were the design team of Mirage. Like, I, I remember reading, I was, I was reading Decade, like, last week, 
And I, I remember reading quotes from, the, from people who I, I drafted with back in the 90s, and they were like, this is a, this is a true quote from, I think, uh, from one of the head designers of Mirage, who was in Richard's immediate circle. Is that Chris Page? No, it's, uh, his name is Howard. Okay. Howard um, Kalenberg, I think. And, uh, it's, uh, and this was like Richard's buddies at the math department at Penn. And one of them said to me while we were drafting one night, I think it was like either I, it was definitely a year that I had won at least one pizza queue. I think I won two pizza queues, but I was like such a raging asshole. Like, it, whatever. Probably also to my friends at the local draft. They're like, Mike, if Richard knew that there would be players like you, he would have never invented the game. <laughs> but I, That seems fair to say. Yeah, so, I mean, like, that's my perspective. Like, so you're like, oh, these are the Founding Fathers game. I'm like, well, actually, the Founding Fathers of the game are probably still drafting at that math department right now. Um, or, or Richard, so up over at Microsoft or whatever he's doing. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think Frank's immensely important. I think it's hilarious that he still plays Magic and the kids at his store. Where, where is he? He lives in Colorado. Okay. He probably like plays at the same store as Conley, and Conley doesn't know who he that is. That would be awesome. That would be amazing if Conley, Conley did not have know to ask Conley who about Frank that. was. And if Frank doesn't know who Conley is. Oh, it's Frank is completely disconnected at this point. He like chats with me on Twitter or something. And like the most recent pro he knows of is Brian Hacker. <laughs> he's so much. That kid's gonna be good at limited one day. He's like, he's like, well, I was talking to Hacker once. And like, so like his, his old pro reference is Brian Weissman, who for. for his for, young gun pro references for, right. for sake for sake of factual accuracy was not actually on the pro tour until around pro tour three. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, but then like his young gun is is Brian Hacker, yeah. awesome. <laughs> who fell off the ballot two years ago. Sad. <laughs> so. All right, we're gonna I mean, break but this. It's a uh, yeah. You have Frank up there, I think. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We'll be back with more top eight magic.